Welcome to the Made Up Savannah podcast. I'm your host, Dee Daniels, and I'm just going to be straight with you about this episode. We're diving deep into ghost, specifically ghost in Savannah. Now, I'm not going to use any music or ambiance or anything like that to make this sound spooky. We're just going to go right to the source, the checker of the facts and the seeker of the soul stories, Enika Edenfield. Okay, I might have lied at the beginning. When is the first time you remember hiding under the covers and pretending that while you were completely covered up, you would be okay? Nothing could get to you. But even if you let one foot slightly slip out from your strawberry shortcake bedspread, just one toe, it was over. Savannah is full of ghosts. Let's just get that out of the way from the get-go. I mean, civil war campaigns, yellow fever pandemics, fire after fire after fire, insanely brutal murders, burial grounds under the streets, the underground tunnels, the cemeteries, and that's just the historic district. I don't often get scared, but when I do, it's not pretty. Okay, now on to my guest. And I am scared to death to introduce you to my next guest. Actually, I'm very, very excited. Her name is Enika Edenfield. She's a historian, a ghost tour guide here in Savannah. And I'm very excited to uh, to get spooky with you. I just came off of your tour and I loved it. So I want to talk about that. But first, I got to ask you, where are you on the paranormal spectrum? Are you paranormal fluid? Are you uh, <laughs> how do you identify? Is the uh. I, oh, I've never been asked the question mm-hmm. that way. Um, I've been asked like on a scale of one to 10 and I always say I'm like an 11 or a 13. Nice. Uh, but <laughs> that explains it. Yeah. Uh, I, I've always been sensitive to some degree mm-hmm. uh, and then I turned it off for a little bit and now I'm working on waking those abilities up. But also I just really love history. Why did you turn it off? I didn't even realize you could turn it off. <laughs> It's not an intentional thing. I used to work in broadcast news and there's a lot of really intense situations Mm -hmm. in news and there's a lot of big feelings to feel and it's a lot easier to get through your work day if you just kind of turn everything off. Yes. Uh, So now that I'm out of that business, I'm also working on my personal mental health (laughs) because that business will do a number on your mental health as well. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out who I am again. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So, um, gosh, I have so many things I want to talk about with that. I mean, first of all, I feel you on the news because I did that myself. So I understand how that stays with you, weighs on you. A lot of energy that uh, comes with you when you do reporting, when you go out and cover something. And it's mostly negative. Yeah. Because (laughs) that's what sells. So, you know, it does, it does follow you around, but so how did you make your trek from being in that to, cause you came from Florida. Mm-hmm. Did you purposefully come to Savannah? That was like, I want to come here to be here. So I was working for a broadcast news station in the Florida panhandle. That's where I grew up. And one of my friends who had worked with down there got a job at one of the stations up here. And she reached out to me because she knew that my contract was coming up and she said, Hey, I think you would really love Savannah. And I'd never been, even though it's only six hours away from where I grew up. Right. So I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? So I put in an application. I was asked to come up to do an in-person interview. 
drove up, pulled onto Victory Drive, saw the oak trees and palm trees. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I am going to move here. I right? don't care if I get the job. This is it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it has a way to charm you, uh, mm-hmm. this sweet little city. Um, which is not so little anymore, but no. <laughs> it, has, it has a way to, to really to really grab you and, and sort of take you. And, and I, I hear that constantly, that that sort of story. It's interesting to me when when I went on your tour, I learned so much and it wasn't just about like ghost stories. It was I mean, you really have a heart for history um, and, and that just shines through. It's it's a wonderful mix, your tour of like history and interesting stories and ghost stories and sightings and spirits and all of the things. It's such, it's probably the best mix of any of that I have had in a tour ever. Thanks. Yeah. So, I mean, congrats. You're doing a wonderful, wonderful job of that. And I want to dig into a little bit of, of what we saw on the tour. And I know that was only like one of the avenues you take uh, mm-hmm. on your tour. You have many different avenues, but we mostly stayed in the heart of the historic district. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go right in and have you tell the story about Benji. Yes. So Benji is one of these spirits who haunts the Savannah Theater. Mm-hmm. And the Savannah Theater is the oldest continuously operating theater in the state of Georgia, one of the oldest in the country. Some say it's the oldest but Philadelphia also says that about one of their theaters, and I'm not fighting with Philly over a theater. Right. <laughs> they can have that right. one. Uh, but it's one of the oldest. And that place has burned down multiple times. Uh, it was damaged in the Great Fire of 1820, which was this huge pivotal point in Savannah's history. Uh, and because of some of those fires and some other things that have happened there, that place is known for being incredibly haunted, just like all good theaters. Of be. course, of course. And Benji is one of the spirits who haunts the theater. He is known as a very mischievous ghost. He's a little boy. So just like any living little boy, he likes to pull pranks on people and he's known for, uh, tugging on people's clothing or their hair. In fact, that happened to a person who was on one of my tours one time. Uh, this didn't happen when she was on the tour. But... I was going to say, did Benji come out of the theater? <laughs> no, no. Okay. She was at the theater. I see. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, she was in a local dance troupe, and they had a recital there. Mm-hmm. So she is standing on the side of the stage about to step on. And as she goes to step onto the stage, she feels somebody tug on her costume. Mm. And she turns around like, what the heck? Right. <laughs> Who's tugging on my costume? And there was no one there. And I was like, oh, yeah, that was just little Benji. Wishing you good luck, I hope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And and you were showing us some pictures of what the building used to look like. And, and it has changed, obviously, you know, rebuild after fire and rebuild after another fire and that sort of thing. But it's quite the staple here because I think that's one of the most iconic uh, places that people like to take a picture, not only because it's a, a great historic theater, but the sign is fantastic. And so like, you'll see that lit up Savannah sign, mm-hmm. you know, pretty much in almost anyone's Instagram that has, you know, visited Savannah. It's so iconic that when, uh, the writer of the most recent run of the ghost writer comics was planning out this new run, he had come to Savannah for the Savannah book festival last year. And he was so taken with the weird haunted history 
Uh, he did not take my ghost tour, but right. I did talk to him later. Right. Uh, but he was so taken with Savannah's darker history that even in one of the frames of the comic, you can see the Savannah Theater in the background oh, wow. on fire. Right. <laughs> Wow, that's crazy. I, I haven't been able to stop thinking about Benji ever since you told me that story. So um, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like every time I walk by now the theater, I'm thinking about, oh, hey, Benji, how you doing? Um, but it's such an interesting place. And it's it's on such an interesting square that has a lot of history. And I mean, every square here really has so much rich history. But one of the other stories that you and you took us to this spot and you were talking about uh, the history of this particular spot. And that stuck with me too, was the, what is noted as the first burial ground here, mm -hmm. which is underneath one of the streets. This is not a burial ground, like a cemetery that you would go and visit here uh, in Savannah, like Bonaventure or something like that. It's not like that. This is mm -hmm. literally, you don't even know you're there unless you read a little plaque over yep. on the side of the street, which is just, it's crazy to me. Mm -hmm. When General Oglethorpe was planning the city, you know, you have to plan for the burial ground because like I always say on my tours, the colonists didn't magically stop dying. So he has to plan for a burial ground. Most early colonial cities would have put the burial ground next to the church. And anytime you put a burial ground next to the church, that makes it a graveyard. For whatever reason, he did not do that. He put it, at the southernmost point of the colony at the time, just inside the wall. And that area is the southwest corner of Wright Square, uh, where there are a whole bunch of shops now. Right. And yeah, that whole area was our first burial ground. And we think that there's still probably there's, some fragments of things happening under the street. There's still a possibility. And the sidewalk. Yeah. And under the stores. Because, I mean... Those stores there are really cool stores, mm -hmm. and yet uh, several of those people have said that they do often feel something and have a little bit of a spook out mm -hmm. over someone in the store. Old Factory Company, which is like a cute little oddity shop. I mean, if you're going to be a ghost haunting right, store, haunt right. the oddity shop. Obviously. Uh, and I've talked to some of the people who work there and they've had a lot of experiences. Uh, in fact, one of my friends had an experience when she was with me. Mm. Uh, so we had been in Wright Square having a little picnic and it was June. So of course it starts raining. Right. So we grab our stuff and we run over there to Olfactory Company to get out of the rain. As we're walking around, my friend comes up to me and says, there's something following us. Oh no. I was like, something <laughs> or someone. <laughs> and they said, something. I said, okay, we're talking about a ghosty. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah. I was like, cool. We're going to go to the shop next door. So we ran back out in the rain to the shop next door. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, we're we're not dealing with that right now. <laughs> I, I love that like you are full on like believing ghosts, believing spirits, you know, paranormal activity, things hanging around. Yet you're like, I'm not interested in like necessarily diving into it, I will run the other way. Yeah. You're not scared of like, hey, I'm good going the other direction, crossing the street. That, that, uh, nobody really knows how they're going to react. Of course. Until it happens. And my default is let me get away from this. 
figure out what's going on and then I'll come back. Right. I'll come back and talk to you when I'm ready. Yes. Uh, because if you just pop up and you're like, hi, I'm a spirit. Uh, I am generally not prepared for that. Right. And I just feel like I have to be in the right headspace to communicate. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Have you ever actually communicated with any spirit seen or unseen or an energy force? Yes. Uh, I was out at the Tybee Lighthouse Museum. And they have the lighthouse and they have the keeper's cottages and some of the other buildings and stuff. And I was walking into one of the keeper's cottages that has the old kitchen attached Mm. to it. And when I walked in, there was a woman there who was dressed in... I want to say maybe 1930s clothing and she's that was looking, your first clue right yeah <laughs> and she's looking at everybody like why are you in my kitchen oh right and i was like hey and she said these people are so fascinated with my kitchen i just don't get it and i was like oh 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 okay uh this is not a reenactor <laughs> Uh, cool. And we had a very brief conversation where I was like, you know, modern kitchens don't look like this. Uh, so that's why everybody's so fascinated. And she just didn't understand why people were fascinated with her kitchen. And And that was it. Yeah, Yeah. that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think, you know, it's interesting to me how Savannah is certainly known for its history. It's known for all of the things. And I think that just lends itself to you know, we're going to have things hanging around here, Mm -hmm. but it's not just Savannah. I mean, it is Tybee. It is, you know, some of these other places that you might not have, um, you know, heard as much about as you do, as you do Savannah. Interesting. um, I have heard some stories about Tybee. I'm sure you have some too, but I mean, even some of the celebrities that have rolled through here have had moments. I heard one about um, Miley Cyrus. Yeah. Miley Cyrus, uh, according to her Twitter post, which I think she's deleted now because I went back to try and find it, but she said that... She doesn't want record of it anymore. (laughs) Yes. Uh, She said that when she was in town filming the last song, uh, she and her mom had been staying out at the 1790 Inn. 1790N has a very famous ghost named Anna. And Anna is a bit of a klepto, uh, but she always returns stuff. Mm-hmm. But according, bar, right? yeah, according, <laughs> according to Miley Cyrus, she came back to her room one day and she had had her boots on top of her luggage and one of her boots looked like it had been moved and there was a palm print on it and she had taken a picture of it and posted it. You can still find that picture. It's all over the place. And it looks like a palm print. Wow. And she believed that that was Anna trying to take off with her boots. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Anna somehow knew that was Miley Cyrus, right? Like, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, do do the ghosts and the spirits know where we are in current day that Miley Cyrus was actually in this room, you know? Or was she confused and thought it was Hannah Montana? Right? Exactly. (laughs) That's a fabulous question. Fabulous question. Um, it's so interesting to me how uh, how we all think of the paranormal stuff in a different way and how we all process it differently. And, and a lot of that, I think, comes from maybe our upbringing and, you know, what our parents thought of it, what our grandparents thought of it. I, I grew up in a very religious household. <laughs> so 
There was never any talk of ghosts. I mean, and if it was, you know, back in the day, it was more referred to as um, demons or, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) of the devil, you know, kind of thing. I feel like it's different now. I feel like people are looking at it a little differently now. How? I mean, you growing up in, in something similar, like how did that evolve for you? So I grew up in the South during the satanic panic mm-hmm. and, you know, couldn't watch Care Bears yeah. or the Smurfs, uh, certainly nothing with D&D. And, right. you know, I remember very clearly my dad telling me one time, because I think I was saying something about a ghost, uh, is that, you know, if anybody says that they see a ghost or aliens, it's really demons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to traumatize me for the rest of my life. No, Thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is, in a weird way, a form of rebellion. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, but I like that I have the space to go and explore these things on my own without somebody behind me telling me what I'm supposed to think about sure. it. Sure, yeah. And I feel like same. I mean, it, it, you know, you kind of when you 30s and 40s, you know, you get to this point where you're like, okay, like I've experienced these things on my own and I can make my own judgments about them and, and that sort of thing. I, I, there was this time when I was, I don't know, I was early teenager, I want to say. Um, and I felt a very distinct energy in my grandparents' house. And I don't know if it was because I was always told not to go upstairs. And, and I was told not to go upstairs because it was kind of creaky stairs. Grandparents never want you to fall down the stairs. So, mm-hmm. And it was really like storage space up there, you know, a lot of old files and, you know, just things that they would put up there to kind of get out of the way. So, of course, I was always intrigued by going upstairs. And I remember going up there one day and I would sneak up there on occasion, of course, look at things, look through files, Mm -hmm. you know. And I remember feeling a very, very heavy, heavy presence. And... I did not know what to make out of it or call it or anything like that, but it was so heavy that it frightened me. And I thought, okay, I should probably get out of this, you know, go back downstairs because upstairs is not where I'm supposed to be. Um, So I made my way halfway down the stairs and I stop and I'm thinking, you know, I don't want to make whatever that energy is feel like I'm this scared. So I stopped and I turned around and I said, Hey, (laughs) I don't know who you are or what you're doing here, but I'm good. Right. And so I have nothing bad against you. And I just had this whole conversation to try to make this energy person, spirit, whatever, feel comfortable Uh enough to a not harm me and like B not feel like I was like, you know, I don't know, making them feel worse than uh, what they were, you know? And so the more years go by and I, and I think about that a lot because I think it was like one of my first experiences with something else in the room that wasn't in human form. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it for the longest time. And I remembered, you know, my grandparents lived directly behind a funeral home directly. Like we could walk to the funeral home when there was a service or something we had to attend and, my grandfather was a pastor, and so he would uh, a lot of times do a service there at the funeral home. So we did back and forth a lot of walking to the funeral home. 
And I'm thinking, you know, one of those one of those spirits could be hanging around mm-hmm. from the funeral home. Did you have any anything similar as a as a child as far as like seeing things or feeling things? So my childhood is just like a series of flashes mm. for me. So maybe uh my first like real oh that is a paranormal encounter kind of thing didn't happen until I was in my early 20s. I have worked in some form of news for a long time. It didn't start off in broadcast. I actually started off working for a magazine that was based out of Port St. Joe, Florida. And we were working on the October issue of the magazine. And I knew that there was a paranormal investigation group. Now, this is when paranormal investigation is still relatively new. I'm not sure if there are even any, like, ghost huntery shows yet. Uh, at least not, like, the kind that we think of now. Yeah, still under the radar. Yeah. Uh, but I knew there was a group based out of Gulf County. And so I reached out to them, and I, you know, introduced myself, and I told them what I was working on, and I asked if I could tag along on a paranormal investigation. And they said, sure. Now, I did not know these people. But they invited me to go out to an investigation in Mariana, Florida, out at a place called the Bellamy Bridge, Mm. which if you're from the Florida Panhandle, everybody knows where the Bellamy Bridge is, or at least they know of it. Uh, Today, there is actually a nature trail that you can take that will take you over there. But at this point, unless you have a canoe and can get on the Chipola River, or uh, you know somebody who owns property close to there, the only... Only two ways to get there is to take a back road on private property or to take the river. Uh, and so they happened to have a contact who owned property next to one side of the bridge. And so they were able to go out there. I'm not going out there with a bunch of people I don't know. Right. <laughs> I've seen horror movies. I know how this ends. So and your I, mom would not be yeah. happy about this, by the way. I'm so, just thinking about what mom says, you know. Right. And so I asked one of my friends to go out there with me because, you know, if I'm going to die, I'm going to die with a friend. Sure. Uh, and so the two of us go out there. It turns out the people are very nice. But we're standing out there on the banks of the Chipola River, middle of nowhere. And it is a beautiful night, and there are fireflies out there. Mm. And the group is over next to the bridge doing their investigation. They've got all their equipment out, and they're trying to make contact with this woman named Elizabeth, who supposedly haunts the bridge. My friend and I are standing, I don't know, maybe 10 feet away from them. And she and I are talking. After a while, she stops, and she said, did you hear that? I didn't hear anything. Uh Uh-oh, Elizabeth. So we keep talking. And after a while, I heard something. Mm. And I turned to my friend and said, when you asked me if I heard something, did it sound like a metal on metal kind of chains clinking noise? Mm. And she said, that's exactly what I heard. And I said, cool. I heard that too. Cool. (laughs) We're going to go find the group. (laughs) Cool. And so we ran back over to the group and we were like, hey, we heard something in the woods. We don't know what it is. Like. Maybe it's a ghost, but it could also just be like some dumb teenagers hanging out trying to scare people. Right. So a bunch of them went over to look. And again, we're in the middle of nowhere. And the woods over there are very thick. You're not getting through the woods quietly. Right. And they went and they checked and there was no one over there. Mm. That was also the same night that they got a very clear EVP of a voice whispering, Elizabeth. 
Oh. And well, that uh, gave me the chill. Yeah, yeah that, that gave me a little. I got a little, got a little bit of the hair situation standing up there. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay, all right, um, cool, good to know that this is out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I moved to Savannah some years later, and it's just like all those experiences got turned up to eleven. Right. Uh, Savannah is crazy active. Yeah. And and so okay, explain the EVP situation. So uh, is e- that just audio? Mm-hmm. Okay. EVP stands for electronic voice phenomena, mm-hmm. and it's usually when somebody is doing a voice recording. Every once in a while, you can hear it on video as well. Uh, it'll just be a sound in the background. You don't see anything, but right. you'll hear something. What, what's the, because, you know, you see this a lot on on some of these ghost hunter shows and whatnot. What's what's the situation when they're capturing some sort of light energy? What what are they, do, is that a special video? Like So I am not an expert on all of that. There is so much different equipment out there, and everybody's got their opinions about which equipment works best. Uh, which is kind of silly. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know how I feel about all of that. Really? Yeah. <laughs> a little skeptical about it? I, skeptical, but not hateful. Like a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm a skeptic, it just means they're trying to use a nice word for a hater. Right. That's um, true. I would like more information before I make a decision. Mm-hmm. I get that. Totally. And, and so you're talking about how active Savannah is, which I I fully, fully believe. Um, and I mean, I feel like there are so many spots, especially, I don't want to say especially, it, for me, because I hang around the historic district a lot, especially in the historic district, I feel a lot of, a lot of different things. And, you know, I'm thinking about like, um, you know, walking the factors walk area, mm-hmm. uh, in river street there, some, I don't know. I, every time I walk through there, I'm just, I feel like even if it's just me and my partner or me and our daughter or whatever, I feel like there are 400 other people yep. <laughs> hanging about. And I, what, what are your stories with that area? So anytime I go live on TikTok, everybody always wants to know what's the most haunted house? What's the most haunted building? What's mm-hmm. the most haunted area of Savannah? And I always tell them the most haunted area of Savannah is the River Street area. Right. Whether you're talking about Factors Walk or River Street proper, that whole area, very, very active. Um, And that's not just my opinion. You can talk to anybody who has worked down there and they will tell you the exact same thing. Yeah. Uh, Why it's the most haunted? I don't know. Uh, It's one of the oldest areas of Savannah. Uh, It also would have seen a lot of very interesting parts of Savannah's history, both good and bad. Sure. Uh, But I've had some experiences and my dog has had some experiences. Yeah. I feel like, you know, cats and dogs, and I'm assuming other animals too, they do have a higher sensitivity for things like that. Mm -hmm. We were down there one time I was doing a TikTok live and I only ever go down there for lives when it's a holiday uh, not like, you know, New Year's or anything. Right. I pick the quieter holidays, like yeah. Thanksgiving or Christmas Eve or something right. like that. Flag day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people, times where people aren't trying to go to River Street. Sure. So I was down there, I think it was Christmas Eve a couple of years ago, and I was doing a TikTok live. And my dog was with me, 
and he tried to play with something down there. Oh, wow. Now, he does this very specific little bounce-bounce thing when he sees another dog or a cat that he wants to be friends with because he will try to be friends with any dog or cat he sees. I love that. He is. He's very friendly. That's sweet. Uh, But we're down there. I'm in the middle of a story, and I feel this pull on the leash, and I look down, and he's doing his little bounce-bounce thing. (laughs) And I look around, and I'm thinking, oh, did somebody walk up with a dog? There's no one around. Mm. And so I'm looking for a cat now, thinking that maybe there was a stray cat in the area. No cats. Wow. There is nothing nearby. Wow. I was like, awesome. We're trying to play with ghost dogs now. (laughs) Great. Uh, But he's friendly enough that yeah. Obviously, make friends with a ghost dog, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about, like, how many people have pulled up on a boat right there, uh, you know, the the Savannah River, meaning, you know, River Street, and how many, just how much cargo was dropped off, and how many people, you know, pulling things through there. And I mean, if you even think about pirates at some point, you know, in that, it's just an, an insane amount of people that have made their way through that area. And I'm sure a lot of people probably passed away in that, in that area yeah. as well. Uh, that is seen like anytime they do dredging over there in the river, they pull up something interesting. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, they pulled up what, like 14 uh, Re- revolutionary war era cannons from ships that were scuttled to keep the French Navy from coming up the river. Amazing. Like it's, it's wild yeah. how much stuff is in that river. And, of course, that means there's going to be a lot of stuff attached to that area as well. That's right. Yeah. It, it's 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 funny that a lot of people, I think, you know, Savannah has been on the map as far as, like, the culture map and all of that for a long time. But I, even more so in the last, you know, 10 years, certainly, um, with so much attention coming with, you know, the bananas and mm-hmm. ghost pirates and just all the things which we, you know, obviously get our name like ghost pirates. I yeah. mean, come on, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I feel like we're, we're even more on the map, but like, it's funny when you, when you Google it or when you look it up, it's, you, you find some very specific things and they're very often like Bonaventure is mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know you have spent some time over there. Is that your favorite cemetery or area to? Yeah. It's one of them. So during the pandemic, when everything shut down, the cemeteries were still open. Mm-hmm. You could go walk around. And I was between jobs at that point in time. I had just left my news job uh, and I was leaving to go to another job right as the pandemic hit and that other job went away. So that is when I downloaded TikTok out of boredom. And walking out there, you know, I would see something interesting and, you know, still having that journalistic uh, compulsion, I would start researching things and finding out the real stories behind some of this stuff. And there's just so much history out at Bonaventure and there's just so much beauty out there too, Mm -hmm. both natural beauty and the gorgeous headstones that are out there. And so I loved walking around there. I discover something new every time I'm out there. Uh, but if I'm not walking out there, I'm walking over at one of the Laurel Grove cemeteries, uh, cause those are also really interesting. And I don't think they get nearly as much attention as Bonaventure. They don't. I agree. I agree. And, and tell a little bit about the background as far as like why Bonaventure is so 
um, so interesting to people because I mean, there's some interesting people that are yes laid to rest. A lot there. of interesting people out there. And we're going to hear all about the who, what, and when at Bonaventure, along with the history behind one of the SCAD buildings, and much more on part two with Enika Edenfield coming up next week. In the meantime, I know you want to check out her tour. Go right now, make a reservation because she just might have a waiting list. EnikaEdenfieldTours.com or on Instagram at EnieEdenfield. Big thanks to our sponsors, McManamy Jackson and Hollis, First Coast Mortgage, and Spectrum Printing and Marketing. So you visited Savannah a few glorious times, and you're thinking about making the big move? Great decision. You already live in Savannah, and it's time to upgrade. Fabulous idea. You're a business owner looking to expand. Well, good thing we've rounded up a few partners who are experts in walking you through every step of your journey. When it comes to shopping real estate, you will be pleasantly served like a VIP at a fancy cocktail party at Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, 251 Bull Street in historic Savannah. Not only are they the home of our podcast studios, but they've been serving Savannah since 1978. Deep roots and decades of experience. And that pairs pretty perfectly with a global network. Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, home of the Made Up Savannah podcast, location gallery, and genuine real estate professionals, CorcoranAHR.com. You know, once you start your new home search and you get that image in your mind of your dream house, most people immediately start thinking about how they're going to make it all really happen. That's the time you can pick up the phone and call First Coast Mortgage. Michael Caputo and the team love seeing new people discover Savannah. And they've certainly seen a lot of that as a local lender for the last 30 years. FirstCoastMortgage.com. They treat you as you should be treated. First Coast Mortgage, helping you make good decisions so you can love where you live. And when you're ready to dot all the I's and get your new keys, McManamy Jackson and Hollis are real estate experts who know the stakes and know wholeheartedly that every client is more than just a transaction. A real estate lawyer can help you avoid some serious issues with your big move. They handle residential, commercial, corporate, and yes, even title insurance. McManamy Jackson and Hollis, you can find them at 415 Eisenhower Drive and at mjhfirm.com. That's mjhfirm.com. And we didn't forget about the business owner who is expanding and all of the big business rolling into Savannah right now. Who's working to help you tell your story? When you need visual branding that helps you take your story to the next level, pick up the phone and call Spectrum Printing and Marketing. Kim Bullock and Michelle Thompson have over 35 years of experience as a locally owned family business. So they specialize in you with unique marketing solutions, stunning brand recognition, printing, promotional products, and amazing custom apparel. They pride themselves in providing the elite customer service care you deserve. And they prove it too, because you'll connect with Kim or Michelle when you call 912-897-7228 or email Kim with your needs today at spectrumsav.com. So go ahead and share this podcast with a friend, family member, coworker, neighbor, area business owner. You get the picture. 
If you have an intriguing Savannah story to tell or know someone who does, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Made of Savannah. You can subscribe on any of your favorite platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Podchaser, and many more. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out. Thank you.